Welcome. Last night was the second round of the Brazilian elections and Brazil has again a left-wing president. So Lula, who everyone thought his political career was over something like seven, eight years ago because of the scandals that he was involved, somehow is president again. He won Bolsonaro, who was president for the last uh, for the last years, in an election that was very tight. Uh, Bolsonaro actually did better than the polls expected, but Lula is president again. This means that from 2003 <coughs> till 2022, out of these almost 20 years, Brazil had the left-wing president for something like 15 of these years, although I'm not very good in math. So, questions to put on the table. Number one, do we have a new pink tide in Latin America? Pink tide was the name in the 2000s of one country after the other of Latin America having a a left wing, but not really a communist leader. That's why pink, not red. And why did uh, Bolsonaro lose or why did Lula win? And what does this mean for Brazil? So, we're discussing this with Mark Pellegrino, and whom you already know, and Mateus Pacini. Mateus is running Objectivismo.org. So Objectivist Movement is on the rise in Brazil. If you hear Tal or other people who have been there talking about Brazil, they're very excited. It's one of the places in Latin America where our activism is doing quite quite well. The ideas of Ayn Rand are spreading, obviously not spread enough to stop a left-wing president from winning or to stop his opponent to being a a right-wing populist who is not close to our ideas. Anyway, enough from me. Mateus, were you surprised by the results and what's your first reaction? Um, Well, so first of all, we we get uh, Lula elected again. Lula was president from 2002, from 2010. And uh, he was followed by Dilma Rousseff, who later on, after two to three years, got impeached uh, due to some fiscal uh, irresponsibility. And uh, Lula was uh, condemned, went to prison for several corruption scandals over the 2010 decade. And uh, our Supreme Court decided he was innocent uh because of some uh, administrative uh, procedures that should have been held elsewhere so, so let's be clear on this mateus let me repeat what you just said because i want to emphasize on this it's not that Lu- that there was a court that said to lula we have examined what you, the things you've accused and we find you innocent he was released because of a mishandling of his case by the previous court, but not on something that has to do with the essence of the case. No. Am I right? Exactly. The proofs are there. If we restarted the process right now, it would it would have the same result because he he, he is corrupt. He he was not. Uh, he's he was never innocent, especially if you look. To his, uh, if you see the the political programs and political debates, it, it's it is funny because he always says he always says, "I was uh, people made me uh, the Supreme Court declared I was innocent." He never says, "I am innocent," because he knows he's not innocent. He just used the passive voice. 
somebody uh, turn myself innocent somehow, but I am not innocent. So he never says I am innocent. Just I was like pardoned and uh, for some reason. But so this is the this is the it's, it is really sad because it it is also difficult to explain to people from other countries what happened because it's uh, it's just crazy i mean but i'm in a country could... where the socialists were in in power for many 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 years and there are so many scandal stories and as usual a couple of people go to prison and maybe you could tell it's almost unjust because you find one or two people who were doing exactly what everyone else was doing and they are like the so the gang turns on these people and say, okay, now they are the ones who are going to take all our sins. But in countries with uh, where the state controls vast parts of the economy, these things are almost part of the system. That's why I have almost quote sympathy to people who often say, oh, you know, okay, there were some bribes here and there, but everyone does it. And indeed, everyone does it when you're, when you're a, a socialist government. Again, we've seen this many times, not only Latin America, but also in Europe. Before we go back to Mateus to tell us a bit more about what is the new plan of Lula, because in 2002, 2003, the plan was uh, the new 21st century socialism, which coincided with a period where raw materials and uh, things that these governments had the monopoly on were quite high in the market. And this is why you saw even Venezuela for some years doing relatively well. And of course, when these prices fell, these economies completely collapsed. Venezuela with Brazil, less so. But Mark, first reaction. So on the one side, you have someone like Bolsonaro. People have called him an American, uh, sorry, Brazilian Trump, allegedly a bit better than Trump in economics, but in everything else, basically equally equally bad or if you're one of his supporters equally good with Trump so what's your what's your first uh, what's your first reaction well I mean when you were talking about the corruption of your your country Nikos I, I was thinking about the corruption of my country and I'm, I'm struggling to think of a country that isn't mostly socialist in nature I think America has gone gone from a mostly capitalist country to a social democracy now I think the left has been pushing for it for 130 years. They've finally gotten what they want, and there's very few intellectual vestiges out there of, of, of liberty. So to me, um, this, this political conflict between right and left uh, seems reflective of the old statism of 1930s coming back to haunt us again. There's, there's no real independence out there. There's just variants of socialism fighting with each other. So... Let's let's focus then now then on this particular case. So, why would a Brazilian vote for Lula? In terms of, if we add also the the, the center left party, you could say that the vast majority of the last thirty years, Brazil had either an outright left wing or a left leaning government. And were the results that good that uh, <coughs> the sentiment was okay? Let's give these people another another chance so how can the left be so successful in brazil is it their track record is it something else are they very maybe very charismatic in terms of their message their political campaigns in which case maybe there's something that we've missed so what's happening why did brazil elect lula 
Uh, well, I'm gonna answer the, the the first question you you asked about like a pink revolution in in Latin America. Uh, we see nowadays in Chile, Colombia, Argentina, um, Nicaragua, and many other countries uh, where you have uh, Lula's friends uh, governing, and uh, the results are are terrible. Uh, both economically, there are protests protests in, in the streets, and probably the same is going to happen and repeat itself in Brazil next year because um, the left is just uh, as Mark said copying the the same projects of the past I mean the technically speaking the the same things that they they tried to do in uh, in some level in the uh, Soviet Union is being replaced right now I mean of course given the different uh, natures of the systems, particular particular to to each country i mean the, the the essence is always the same it's government spending is social welfare programs and uh giving the giving people the sense that they cannot live by themselves so it's really um uh, an orchestrated program where uh you you try to inflict damage in all for example, in all levels, philosophical levels. So in the metaphysics, in the epistemology, in ethics, in politics, of course, aesthetics. So they they just have a coordinated attack on everything. So the left is really in the business of destroying everything. And, the question uh, is though, what is the right doing though? Because the right in Latin America has the stain of uh, brutal dictatorships in the past. So. The, 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 there was a right that was very illiberal, not liberal. So, for example, you mentioned Nicaragua. How is it that Ortega is still president? I mean, these are people who, again, have failed miserably to do anything to take these countries out of uh, the, the very low level of de economic development they have. So is it yeah, that but... the left is doing something good? Is it that the right is doing something particularly bad? What is it? I mean, for example, if you compare Brazilians to Venezuelans as well, let's say, uh, Brazilians are, they like to receive things. So they like the welfare state. Most of the population loves it and receives it <laughs> in, in concrete. Uh, but they, so far at least, they do have some kind of place where the state cannot touch. They they have this they have like a, a place where you cannot touch the, their freedom somehow I don't I cannot explain but it seems that uh, you cannot go beyond a certain point and then Brazilians start to go to the streets there is this thing that I cannot uh, explain where they they say well it's enough let's uh, let's stop there in this madness. Um, it's, a, it's a bit like Greece in that in that the, we want the state, but at the same time we tax evade all the time. So we want to keep the state at arm's length, but at the same time we want the state to tax someone else to give us the stuff. Exactly. I believe that this is a kind of a, a, a psychological, a, a philosophical conundrum that goes inside of people's mind because they have so this these many philosophies fighting against each other inside their minds. And then there comes a point where I think things connect and, and they start to, 
to express themselves. But, yeah, uh, but really, I, I feel like hypocrisy and uh, inconsistency are, are sort of the results of holding up moral values that are anti-life. And so, you know, they keep trying to implement these values through the political system over and over again because they're convinced that they're right. They've been convinced from kindergarten through 12th grade. And then yeah. in college, they have this notion that altruism is good and the state is the means through which you can enforce altruism. But they 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 can't live that way. <laughs> so when you set exactly. up that kind of that moral dichotomy in life, you're going to find corruption and hypocrisy everywhere. And uh, and it's funny because there there is an essay from Rand, uh, I think it's Collectivized Ethics, uh, where she says that the first question is, what about the poor? And this is the first question the regular Brazilian asks when you talk when you talk about objectivist ideas, pro freedom ideas. But what about the poor and the health system and education and the poor? How how he's going to to get education. Uh, yes, so need, need becomes the, the, the primary exactly. moral animating force behind everything. I mean, I think Rand talked about that uh, pretty extensively, didn't she? She's, she talked about, uh, about how it's not, it's, not, it's not really whether or not the, um, the programs that they espouse work it's about whether they're moral or not. Exactly, because my question: mm -hmm. What has Lula done for uh, for the uh, for the poor? So it's not that uh, his previous ten and his his previous uh, his previous times as a president. Again, this guy was in power from two thousand three or two thousand two. You said so, but for yeah. with the break of Bolsonaro, he was. This party has been in power for the for the majority of the twenty first century, either with Lula or with uh, Dilma Rousseff. So, and again, this is the myth that comes back time and again in Latin America, but also in other places. Greece is an example that, oh, there was this neoliberal hegemony. Where was this neoliberal hegemony? From the 1990s, how many governments in Latin America were actually pushing for an, quote, neoliberal agenda? The usual example they throw is Chile, which I think is a huge myth. <clears throat> That uh, the dictatorship uh, was uh, pushed by the Chicago boys to, to get rid of Allende and Pinochet came with a plan to impose these uh, reforms. This is a massive, massive, massive myth. One day I'm going to do a whole episode on the myths on Chile. Pinochet was a horrible thug who did, who was not, who did not come to power to impose these reforms. He imposed, he imposed these reforms at some point when everything else he was doing was not working. But, but Brazil is an excellent case study. They've had leftist governments for the majority of the last 30 years. And somehow it's uh, every time they're against neoliberalism. Where is this neoliberalism? Where does it come from? How exactly I, is the left in Brazil, quote, fighting neoliberalism, where they've been the part in power for the majority can, of the last decade? Can, can somebody explain to me this new, this new uh, monster that has risen up on the horizon called neoliberalism? Because well, it seems to, it seems to be on everybody's radar now as the cause of pretty much every calamity that we have. Well, wow. it's been the, it's been in Latin America the boogeyman at least since the late '80s. I did a whole episode with a land journal New Idea Live Ayn Rand Institute's podcast <laughs> last uh, what day it was Thursday. So you about quote neoliberalism. So 
So you can you can check it out. But actually, Mateus, I'm very curious. So what's the narrative of the left? Like who who are they fighting? The the big businesses are uh, hand in hand with the government because it's such a controlled economy. So who is the enemy in in Brazil? Who who are the people rising up against? I mean the the, the two pivots. I mean of the the campaign was that Bolsonaro was a genocide. Uh, genocide because, towards yeah. whom? Uh, because he didn't buy the vaccines with one month in advance. So then then he killed. Uh, no, the, the reason is like that. He didn't buy the the uh, the, the vaccines when Pfizer contacted the government. So it was like a, a one month. Uh, okay. Okay. And then right away he bought it and the vaccination process went uh, a little bit uh, behind the United States one. And then there was like 500,000 people that, that died, who died. Okay. But, you so know, this, this month didn't mean 500,000 people, but the campaigns like that, given this 15 day delay, he killed like um, half a million people. Right. So this one, oh, right. one of the, 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 the objectives. And the, okay. So Bolsonaro the, is a bad guy. I get it. Yeah. He's a okay. gen, what yeah, else? He committed genocide. Genocide. And the yeah, the, and the, this is the word they used. I'm just telling you what I heard. I'm not not making any judgment. Uh, and the other was that, uh, for example, the 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 Amazon forest was like being depredated, like it was all burning in hell, fires for everywhere, which is not the case. In fact, the 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 radar. Uh, analysis of the region show that uh, right the opposite, the Bolsonaro government had the least impact in terms of deforestation and stuff like that in the Amazon. So this was the second uh, 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 argument used in the campaign. I saw this today on Twitter that uh, Lula is going to save something like 95% of the Amazon. I'm not sure, like otherwise Bolsonaro would He said yesterday, he's He's taking deforestation to zero percent, okay. you know, zero, no deforestation whatsoever. Okay, so I gentlemen. don't know how he's going to do that, but you know, because the Amazon is almost like half, half a Europe in yeah. terms of area. So I don't know how he's going to do that. He's going to send the, the army, even if you put the entire Brazilian army there, aligned side by side, they are not able to cover the. The and the trucks and the tanks and everything, they are not able to cover this area. But it that's doesn't, okay. it, do, it doesn't matter that it's actually no. going to happen. What matters is he signaled it, he virtue signaled it to the world, and you know exactly all, all, and then, all that matters is that he feels a certain way about yeah, it. Yeah, he more, wants one more question before we before we go to the to the audience. Actually, a comment and then a question to both of you. The comment is I've been hearing this thing that uh, Bolsonaro has been. Uh, what was the term? Sanctioning, let's use our own word, language, has been sanctioning uh, authoritarian rulers abro- abroad. So he was a friend, political friend with Trump. He was a probably political friend with, uh, with uh, the types of Orban. He was happy with uh, when Meloni won in <clears throat> Italy. But here's an, what I don't hear from anyone. Lula has been the number one sanctioner of everyone from the Castros in Cuba, best friends, best 
closest ally in the area together with Cuba of Venezuela. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if uh, he's perhaps the most sympathetic in Latin America, again, after Venezuela towards uh, towards Iran. I was listening to a disc- uh, to an interview. I was reading an interview where he said, well, Zelensky and Putin are of equal uh, responsibility for the world in Ukraine. So this is the humanist Lula who, who is for, for peace. So that was my comment. Here's the last question I'm putting on the table, gentlemen. Here's what the Machiavellian in me thinks. And tell me if I'm a bit too cynical here. Okay, leftists, here you have the power. Let's see what you're going to do. We are in a period where uh, the economy in the world is in a difficult position. There's not much money around to bail you out. So you made your bed now sleep on it. How about we see it this way that, okay, Lula is going to screw up so bad that the left is going to be delegitimized for generations. Is this a Machiavellian plan or is this uh, completely naive and wrong? Well, I think I think we have historical precedent to show us that it's naive and wrong. I mean, we, you can't get any more uh, messed up than Lenin's government or Stalin or uh, Brezhnev or, or Khrushchev or Castro or, or any of the other dictators, Pol Pot, that ruled in the name of communism around the world. You can't yeah, get but any here we more... have elections, I'll tell you. No gulags, no torture chambers, no executions. This is different. Yes, it's different. It's 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 suicide by vote. You know, it's not murder, but it's it's suicide by vote. And and still they'll they will find a way around, as they always do, a rhetorical way around their complete flub ups, because there's there's always a scapegoat. They can always turn to a scapegoat and say, We didn't do it enough. Uh, there's this, this, there's this individualist or this selfish interest uh, blocking us from being able to purely practice our utopian. Uh, government and and they've they've been finding these excuses for over a hundred years and it's not changing because the, there's just not the philosophical momentum for individualism out there yet. There's small pockets of us, you know. Uh, thank God for Mateus out there doing his thing in Brazil and you doing your thing in in Greece and Europe. Uh, there's there's those those pockets of us, but it's it's not. Uh, enough to turn the cultural tide at the moment. So they'll make they'll make the same excuses they've always made, and it's going to resonate with those people, those those status in the same way. Mateo, until we change, until we change it, until we change the 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 moral nature of the argument. Uh, I have some comments on that. I mean, uh, uh, Lula got elected, but the majority in in the Senate and uh, and in both chambers, right? Is uh, is consisted of center and and Bolsonaro allies. So probably I think the economic damage is not going to be so intense like it was in the fa- in the first government because he would have to get approval from the legislature and probably it's not going to be so easy. For example, to raise taxes, uh, to uh, to use the the state companies again. Uh, like Lula did, because he practically broke all the the main uh, state uh, companies. Bolsonaro was able to get them back on on the blue. And then probably now what Lula is going to do, he's going to take this profit, spend it all and give subsidies to say that the gas is, is with low prices. And so when that 
when that is finished, probably he, the government will be done, or he might try to get another corruption scheme going. We, we never know. But uh, really, this time the money is short. I mean, Bolsonaro did a great job in, in terms of the financial, um, the, the finance minister uh, did a great job, especially in, 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 with inflation, uh, decreasing the uh, the tax the tax rate. And so uh, he, they did a, a lot of great things, but um, I think there are some culprits to, to Lula's coming back to power. The first one is Bolsonaro himself. He's really bad, I mean. He has no condition to be a president whatsoever. He's not diplomatic. He's not even a politician. I mean, Lula is, uh, compared to him, Lula is like God in terms of diplomacy. So Lula knows how to handle things, the good and the, the bad way. He was responsible for the biggest corruption scandal in the world. So we, he knows something about corrupt people and human nature. I mean, the bad uh, examples of that. So he's a master in that sense. So you need always to be in the lookout because he might attack in the in the most uh, unexpected that's, way. That's scary. That's very scary what you're saying. He's, he's a master in that. So uh, even though he doesn't have the majority in both chambers, in both houses, even though that is the case, you need to be in the lookout because he might come up with any any new main salon, which was the name of the the biggest corruption scandal, where he hired like a, a, an, an an advertising agency, and through that they he paid people, all the politicians he paid, like for services. Of course, no <laughs> no receipts were given, but. Uh, uh, he did that. He knows how to do that. And he might try to do that again. So, so we know what's going to happen now. Uh, when the f So initially, there's going to be some headlines like, uh, here's how it's done. Brazil takes the profits from the big industries and subsidize energy uh, in the same way. Like in 2009, 2010, I remember reading uh, the, the minimum wage rises in Venezuela amidst a global financial crisis. Here's a new model, and three years later, they were eating cuts, and uh, they were they were they were riots, and they were shooting. And, and socialism still thrives as an ideal in most people's minds until until people can integrate the, this the concept that the moral is the practical. And there's there's no there's no dichotomy between the two. We're going to keep we're going to keep finding ourselves in these absurdities. And it's really we we received. I mean, they are coming. They are still coming. People from Venezuela, Colombia, Chile, Angola. So they, they come to Brazil to live. So we see the results. It's not just a theory that is not working. We see people. We talk to people. It was funny. Like the other day, I was walking in the street here in my city. It, it is a, it is a, like a 70,000. Uh, 70, so it's a small town in Brazil. Uh, and it's funny because you are walking in the street and you hear people speaking in Spanish. So what, what the hell is speaking Spanish? So there are people from Venezuela, Colombia in the corners. So I love my, my I have a translation company. I love languages, but uh, it's quite funny to, to have people speak another language in, 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 in the streets because you see the results. They are there because they didn't, they couldn't stay in their countries. 
they just didn't have what to eat, what how to where to work. It's but people seems not to just don't care. Like it, mm. it's reality doesn't matter. It, mm-hmm. One one person, one uh, one friend of mine who who is a leftist, he said that he was voting with the heart. You know, you voting go. with the heart. There you go. I said, well, I cannot argue with you. <laughs> How can I argue with your heart? So let's put an end to the discussion and let's, let's take up. Yeah. Let's when discuss the, if other stuff. If there's hunger, then eat with your heart or uh, find yeah. a job with your heart. You should, you should Yeah, the same. Uh, but okay, uh, I, I have mean... more questions. Like, why do so many of the football stars in Brazil support uh, the right, which is unique? I don't think it happens anywhere in the world. Hmm. So Neymar, Rivaldo, Giovanni. Okay, Giovanni is bigger yeah. in Greece probably than in Brazil. But <laughs> these these uh, these people. So these people supported the Bolsonaro. But I'm always committed for the episode not going above half an hour. So let's see what the audience says. Many thanks to Marilyn. Ashley says, "Reminds me of Marion Berry getting reelected." So Marion Berry was a, a district uh, was a mayor in, of Colombia. So he had also a a comeback. Uh, in yeah. the same way he was a crackhead uh, he was a crackhead in dc wasn't he oh, the mayor okay. of washington dc and he was a crackhead and got reelected. oh okay literally oh i didn't know that okay thank you That's jonathan daniel says politi- eh, sorry marilyn says politicians can say they care they care about the poor but government never actually helps the poor and votes don't know how to ass- and voters don't know how to assess this it's fuzzy and I- Again, this is this is exactly the point. Like, what what has Lula done for the poor? Not in terms of take some crumbs, take takes here some, but in terms of there's not going to be poor anymore. I don't want someone to do something for the favelas. I want to make sure that there are no favelas anymore, and <laughs> people can create and people can get a better life for them. No one can hand you a better life. You create a better life. You need the freedom to have the space to create that better life. It, it is funny because uh, you 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 were talking about favelas. I mean, Lula, uh, I, I think he has never been to a favela in his life. Of course, of the course. criminals there don't like him. Oh, but the, I heard was... that uh, I heard that uh, the areas where there are like the corruption and drugs, etc., was the one area that uh, Lula won uh, big. Yeah, I mean, the, from from the prisons and st- stuff like that. Yes, and uh, most people inside the, the favelas vote for Lula because uh, uh, the state itself doesn't have any impact there, and so they they just the criminals say, well, you should vote for Lula or for whatever the person I want to, and you go there and you vote. Otherwise, you know, I'm waiting for you outside. Do the police even go into the favelas? Sometimes just to prove that they are there to take some kilograms of drugs here and there. But So the reason we mentioned the favelas people is because, again, the big project in the 2000s supposedly for Lula was to incorporate the favelas. So the idea was that he, he would create this bridge, sometimes not even metaphorical, like in terms of he had this uh, tram or something that goes to the favelas. So the idea is the favelas are not going to be any more this... Uh, ISIL, this isolated ISIL, it's going to be incorporated into our uh, social and political uh, life. If he really wanted to do that, he could do a good thing in the favelas or any other place in the sense of like uh, Huerta de Soto's work 
uh, about Peru, where you give uh, 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 property rights to people, and you give so they can transform that little slum into something they can use to get credit and stuff like that. But there was never a never a project related to that. It's just about mm. giving money away and and stuff like that. So there is no really uh, any kind of uh, uh, preoccupation with the poor like he says it's just uh, empty words it's, it's and uh, give you money away it's political yeah. patronage is what it is it's buying constituents I, I would endorse him i would endorse him if he wanted to do that because i think yeah. it's important as a capitalist yeah. i want people to have property rights so that would be great i mean right but that that wouldn't that wouldn't that wouldn't extend his patronage and and necessarily give him no, a exactly because he, the, him. yeah he wants dependency he doesn't yeah. want independent people uh, to to come up. And uh, before we, we 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 finish, I think it's important to say that, uh, uh, for example, uh, the overall uh, liberty movement here is is doing uh, great strides, have had a, a major <laughs> impact. But unfortunately, uh, libertarians overall they are just worried about politics. So. Uh, I mean, the impact is is small. It's just yeah. uh, once in uh, after even after two years, you can have some kind of impact to elect some official here and there. But the the most important thing, which is philosophy overall, uh, ethics, is not is not touched. So it's it's just like you know. Uh, for example, if you get uh, many organizations, uh, especially coming from the U.S., like Students for Liberty and stuff like that, uh, there are no professors coming out of there. It's just uh, people that help with uh, political campaigns and, and stuff like that. And there was like this movement some years ago, even on the streets. The 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 the, the, the slogan was "More Mises, Less Marx." Exactly. Which was, which was nice, but as you said, what are the roots? So we're gonna end end up with you telling us where people can find more about uh, objectivist activity in Brazil. Before that, let me tell you what's uh, what's coming next. So 7 p.m. UK time and notice people there's a time change in the in Europe, but not yet in the US because the central planners uh, are not coordinated. So at 7 p.m. UK time, premiere on the Briefly Objective. That's the channel where ARC UK posts shorter videos with uh, Yaron Brook on uh, the video, Get the Government Out of Education. And 9 p.m. UK time, a special Halloween episode of HBTV with Harry Binswager. And today the topic is Kant's evil ethics. So the, the Halloween boogeyman today is Kant. So, Mateus, tell us uh, where people can find more about uh, your group and about objectivist uh, activity in Brazil. Uh, well, in the in the in the comment section, there is a link to some of the social media from Objetivism Brazil. We have more than a thousand articles and videos subtitled into into Portuguese. Uh, also, most of the the Aricampus courses are also subtitled in Portuguese. You're going to see like a a, a yellow label subtitled, so you can enter directly in the Irand Institute. Uh, uh, website as well, and uh, we are trying uh, also also to to get more Brazilians and uh, and Portuguese speaking people to get to the Iran University as well. 
to learn the philosophy the, the proper way. I mean, there are other ways around here, especially and around the world, but uh, we do believe that the best way is the, the RND Institute and uh, we work hard to produce content and prepare people for this experience, which is not easy, but it's really gratifying. That's that's great. That's great job. And uh, I'm glad to see it uh, growing and growing. And again, people from the annual issue with whom I've spoken, they are excited with what is what happening in Brazil, particularly Charles Farney keeps mentioning it as a, a place where he goes and he gets uh, he gets very excited. Okay, people, we might talk about Brazil again within two months because maybe they're going to win the World Cup. Let's see. They have a new... <laughs> Gold. Uh, let's see if it's going to become a golden generation, but I predict good things for Brazil in the World Cup. So, Mark, Mateus, thank you very much. Many thanks to our viewers, to our super chatters. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks, Nikos. Thanks, Mark.